0: Produced with podcasting gear from TASCAM, including the TASCAM Mini Studio. Trust your audio to TASCAM Sound Thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation.
1: Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention.
0: While at the above ground underwater suborbital volcano lair. Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting to together the best moves. Huh? I am Guru. That I did know.
1: These people may be isolated, unbalanced people, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. Shoot up.
0: I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready.
1: And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. If I hit my mute button so I could talk, I had my mic muted before showing during that whole process. So you're not getting a lot of <sighs> type sounds. Yeah. I am your father, Luke. Turn over to the dark side of Time okay. For,
0: time, for if beer, time for Beer what Hunter. what we're saying. If we get the references, congratulations, you're old. It's time for Beer Hunter, eh? <laughs> it's like always time for Beer Hunter, eh? So, um, probably, I am probably one of the few people. Who actually caught the reference when, because let me back up. We're talking about uh, Dave Thomas, Rick Moranis as Bob and Doug McKenzie McKenzie. on the old. McKenzie, what did I say? Yeah, McKenzie, yeah. Okay, McKenzie in the old SCTV comedy show. Now, if you remember the Disney movie Brother Bear, there are a pair of moose and two. Who were they voiced by? Dave Thomas and Rick Moranis. And they are essentially doing the McKenzie brothers for yeah. a cartoon. Yeah, I saw the premiere while we were on a Disney cruise that weekend, and I think I was like the only one in the theater that made that connection because people were looking at me kind of strange the way I was laughing louder than everybody else at it. Oh, it was great. Yeah. So. very. It was very but, much great. Anyway, voices. Anyway, we're not talking about Brother Bear. We're talking about something else because there's a little movie that comes out this weekend. True. Well,
1: the voices you're hearing, if you didn't know, is Eric and Mike, Uh, Kylan.
0: The Batenzi brothers.
1: Kylan has decided to go see Avengers: Endgame on the night we're recording, which is a Thursday. Because yes, I understand he's getting the fan event swag, which I get it. I would too if I was able to. So. so are you
0: gonna try to see it this weekend?
1: No, I okay. I have early shifts at work at the moment. Knock like on wood. Um, why are you knocking on your head? Uh, because it's wood. Okay. Um, but the earliest I would get home, the movie starts, and the next movie showing. There's no way Zoe would stay awake. I probably okay. wouldn't
0: stay awake either. Okay. I am gonna Mac and I are gonna try to see it this weekend. So hopefully by the time this you hear this, by the time you're hearing this, you know we yeah. have seen it.
1: So the way it looks right now is probably going to be next week before we see it. Okay.
0: So I just want to, I, I just want to say because this is going to come up later in the show. <coughs> mm. uh, sorry, no that that something else was about to come up. Ooh, ow, that hurt. No sign of unusual brain activity. Thank you, thirsty. I appreciate that. Love you, babe. But I'm just going to say Hell, that Now you're just being mean. Just kidding. Okay, Mike, neither you nor I have seen this movie yet. Correct. At the time of this recording.
1: I I have been good and not have seen I have not seen this 5 minute 10 minute leak that came out either. Stupid morons. Well,
0: all right. I will give major props to the fan community as a whole. Oh, yeah. Because they are are trying to keep this locked down like you wouldn't believe. And every Facebook group that I'm in that has even any kind of remote connection to Marvel, I mean, Disney groups, pop culture groups, uh, movie groups, just whatever – they have always, they have all said, you know, every single one of them is like, hey, we don't allow spoilers in here. As so a matter of fact, we're activating post approval. In other words, you know, we have to approve every post that comes into this group. So, I mean, they mean business on this. Oh, yeah. And so I, I have actually. I, I, you know how some people say, "Well, I, I'm really trying hard not to not to spoil it." And I'm kind of like, I'm not really trying not to spoil it at all. I, I'm not really I'm not going out of my way to find it, but I'm not going out of my way to avoid it. And so far, so good. Right. Uh, the big thing that i 'm wondering about this though is how it 's not a question of will this beat a billion it 's the it's question is, of when yeah, and there are some people wondering there, there are some theories that it will break a billion dollars this weekend. <sighs> uh very possible very possible I looked at box office mojo and as of Thursday night uh it's reporting 169 million worldwide okay that's just one night yeah and this, that's, is, and
1: this is typically that's, that's a pretty decent number
0: for, for a preview night now this is all this is all foreign this is not domestic yet okay they're not reporting any domestic stuff yet so that's that's the question I mean does does it hit 300 million does it hit 500 million does it hit a, a billion And... That's just a question. I think it will do it before the first week is out. I don't know if it's the first weekend. Now, one thing I do know is that this is supposedly Stan Lee's last cameo.
1: Yes. Well, before that, I just saw this come across on Facebook from our guest from a a week or two ago, Mr. John Anderson. uh, He's saying it's time once again to play everyone's favorite game. Where's Brother John? I'm not sure if I made the cut, but we're about to find out. This makes Marvel film number five I've had the pleasure of working on. Have fun tonight, kids. Never know where I might turn up. Ha! Huh.
0: Wait a minute. Avengers: Endgame. No, 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 no. He said five. Yeah, I thought this would have been four because we—he had snuck in another MCU movie while we weren't looking. What would be the movie then? Far from Home. Could it? Now, I did. I, I was curious about this before the uh, before we started recording. I did pull up the Endgame page on IMDb. I do not see John Anderson in here among the cast. Okay, well, so he he wouldn't have been, right? I mean he wasn't he wasn't credited in any of the others, but just just uh, just curious. So yeah, it's kind of like where's Waldo, but blonder.
1: Well, it also could be one of those two. He's not credited yet until after the weekend when they really update everything. Well, there you go. Provided, so would do- provided how much of a role he has. That that's the only thing
0: I can think of. Okay, all right. Uh, so while you were looking that up, I just looked up uh, the list of fastest to a billion. Okay, all right. Yep. The fastest to a billion was a, a movie by the name of Avengers: Infinity War. It got one point oh two billion in eleven days. Ooh. That is one day faster than Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Which got to 1.0906 billion in 12 days. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Jurassic World got there in 13. Furious 7, 17. The Fate of the Furious, 18. Star Wars The Last Jedi, 19 days. By the way, that's tied with Avatar, Harry Potter, and Deathly Hallows, and the first Avengers. Interesting. So, yeah, I think Endgame is going to, uh, I think it's going to set the record.
1: It very well could. Now, you mentioned something about this being Stan Lee's last cameo. Yeah. Um, apparently marvel the m c u um I'm trying to remember who exactly is doing this but the m c u is marvel studios is looking at doing a cam a behind the scenes video of every cameo he did
0: that is so stinking awesome
1: yes uh I mean for the de- for decades the man put put out content that resonated with countless comic book fans then in the decades that followed there were adaptations of his creations that translated to the big screen now we have one film coming up that will be the very biggest movie of, of all time and it couldn't have happened without him now we've talked about all the cameos over the years that he's been in the cameo which to me the best cameo is the one that was never done and that was while they're all playing In the game of lift Thor's hammer, he needed to come in in the custodial outfit, dusting, pick up the hammer, dust underneath it, put it back down and have everyone
0: in the room look at him like,
1: "Okay." that never happened.
0: Uh, You know, I think that would have been better. If it had been a cameo where he's cleaning up at night, oh, where at, there's nobody, where there's nobody around to see it,
1: sort of so like after,
0: yeah, it's like he's cleaning up after the party. Everybody's gone off, gone to bed, gone do whatever, and he's just coming in. He's all by himself, <laughs> dusting, lifts it up, dust it, and he puts it down. Just moves on. That's it. Yeah, there is no, there is. It, it's it's essentially a throwaway clip. Oh yeah. But anybody who knows anything about, you know, the MCU would just – we would love that. Yep. And what would be even better is that nobody else does see it.
1: Right. But I thought it would have been funny, too, if everyone saw it and he just had to pick it up, dust under it, put it back down, continue on with his business. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Either way, either one of those, that's the cameo that was wanted that never happened. But in a recent conversation with Entertainment Weekly – Kevin Feige shared this little nugget. We've put a video together. I'm not sure when we're going to put it out. In home video, probably. Um, And we've never done this before. It is a behind-the-scenes of every cameo Stan did. All the B-roll we, sh- we shot and his stand-ups there. And his passing was very emotional to us, but it all suddenly came back to me last week when I was watching it. So can we say bonus feature that better appear on every single freaking copy of Endgame?
0: Well, look at it this way. If it's not on every single copy, it will be on YouTube. If it's not on every single copy, well, and,
1: I, ha- like, and like, I have to pick you know. and choose things because I have to choose which which store to get it at? Yeah. Smash. So
0: that, to me, I just, I have no... I have no tolerance for that. It, it's kind of like no. It's kind of like playing which child is your favorite. Yeah. It, it's like you're forcing you're forcing the customers to choose which bonus material you're going to pass on. I I'm a bonus material. Chunky, you and me both i
1: right now tend to go more towards target than i do anyone else now cool you want the steel bro- steel book version fine what does that mean your your case is a steel case your your blu-ray case is made out of steel cool there's people into
0: that awesome. it's a giant altoids box that's what it is oh, do
1: that maybe do oh you want a special exclusive cover from Walmart cool do that all the bonus materials should be on every disc no matter what make other things exclusive to the different stores to make you go oh I want to get it here because I really want this action figure instead of the steel book cover instead of this type thing. Yeah. That's what should be done. Um, now he didn't specify when or where but given how big Endgame is going to be um, it could be there as well. It, then again if Lee has his final MCU cameo in Spider-Man Far From Home then likely it will hit at there as well. So in short keep it eye out I'm thinking even if he's in has a cameo in Far From Home I would say the appropriate movie for him to have or the appropriate film for this to be a part of should be Avengers Endgame
0: you're right I agree with you so that's that's all I got to say about that okay all right, so as we said at the top of the show, Mike and I have not seen Avengers Endgame as of time of this recording. What's this Endgame movie you're talking? About? Uh, just a little something that was thrown together at the last minute, you know, real low budget stuff. Uh, I hear okay. Roger was involved. You, you heard Howard the Duck was involved. What? Uh, you're close enough. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we uh, we started bouncing ideas around ourselves. It's kind of like. What kind of things would we like to see in this movie that we hope to see in this movie? And this is are some of these things that we, ha- we have talked about this in previous issues here on the show um, because we think there's been hints dropped. There, there have been like promotional art or toys or uh, other things like that that to us imply that certain things are going to happen. Or we will see certain things. So uh, some of these that I, that Mike, I want to bounce this off of you. Just uh-huh. things that I see, things that I think we'll see. Um, I was going to do this as a top five, but I couldn't fit it down to just top five. So it's more like a top seven with an additional one that is kind of it, it's kind of like a fan favorite kind of thing. Okay, I say fan favorite, but uh, I was talking with a coworker earlier today, and I'll get to that one later. Uh, so here are the things that I want to see in this movie, and hopefully Mike wants to see some of this as well. Okay, first and foremost, Professor Hulk.
1: Yes, yes. If not, we Professor have, Hulk, Mister Fix it.
0: Yeah, but I think we have seen a progression towards it. Yes. I've said this before because, you know, you know the in the first Avengers movie, Hulk was was very was barely articulate. Was very was, he was very more primal. Very much uh, animalistic, primitive. Right. He was a bit more. He was. It's. It's like an infant, almost a toddler in the first Avengers, and he gets to be a little bit more. I don't want to use the word human, but uh, he's a little less primal in Age of Ultron. Yeah. Um. You see a bit more of of Banner's intelligence coming into play. I I, I think a
1: lot of that comes in part too, with Widow and the relationship between those two.
0: Uh huh. Now, in Thor Ragnarok, we see almost a quantum leap. Oh, yeah. Because you see Hulk as, you know, as Planet Hulk Hulk. He is, he's almost, he's almost Grey Hulk in his, in his mindset. Yeah. So you see that. But what really makes me think we'll see this or hope we see this is some of the promotional art that we have seen where everybody's wearing those Avengers outfits with, I think they call them quantum suits and the hulk is wearing one yeah hulk hulk does not wear clothes hulk wears pants or gladiator armor that's about it yeah so he's fully clothed and the expression on his face in this promotional art is very calm very reserved very uh almost thoughtful that's not hulk that is not the hulk that we have seen previously in the mcu that is that is the professor hulk yeah from Gar from gary david's uh, peter david excuse me peter i'm thinking yep. i'm getting that mixed up with gary frank who was the penciler during that run for a good bit yeah Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Peter David's Professor Hulk. I don't know how we'll get there, but I think we'll see it, and I hope we see it. Okay? Second thing I want to see. I want to see the Thunderbolts. Yeah. Okay? Now, in the comics, the Thunderbolts were like the old bastards of evil with a costume change and an identity change and – and it was Baron Zemo who had who had gathered them together. But once the rest of them got a taste of what it was like to be a hero, they wanted to stay a hero. And who took over as leader of the Thunderbolts after Zemo was booted out? Ronin. Yep. Or, as you want to call him, Hawkeye. So you see the Ronin. You see that he has come back. If we do have a wholesale lineup change, you have the new Avengers. You have they won't be the thunderbolts from the comics they'll be a new a quote unquote new avengers lineup right. if we if we lose cap we lose iron man then that's ripe for a opportunity for Hawkeye to come in and take the reins, right? Okay? Uh, number three, speaking of cap dying, if cap does die, for me, the payoff has to be a scene with Peggy. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like it, it's almost like that scene. I can't remember if you've mentioned it or we read it in an article somewhere. Where, you know, the last time you see Cap, he is in a dance hall with Peggy. He walks up to her. She's in like a an evening gown. She goes, you're late. Yeah. And it just kind of like it, this may have been in. Um, was that a scene in Ultron? Age of Ultron where Wanda's doing like a mind trick on him? I think so. OK. I think that, Maybe I think that's that is
1: Ultron. Yeah.
0: OK. So I, I have heard there is time travel involved in this. I don't know that you would say that as a particular spoiler or not. But if that's the case, maybe they jump into Ultron. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, now, uh, number four. I want to see Pepper really be pregnant. That would be interesting. Just – because that was it was almost a throwaway conversation. Right. Almost a throwaway conversation just to to establish the scene with the two of them before Doctor Strange shows up. And we do know, well we don't really know, but we presume that some time has passed since Infinity War when Endgame starts up. Yep. Maybe enough for a pregnancy test. You know, I thought we were having a moment. I was having twelve percent of a moment. But it's a hundred percent positive. There you go. All right, so let's see. That was number four. Number five. Uh, I was actually talking with a coworker about this. Her name's Meredith. Hi, Meredith. In case you're listening, um, I was talking to her about this, and I said, "You know, what would, what is one thing that you would like to see happen in Endgame?" She goes, "That scene where the Green Lady died." I said, "Gamora." She goes, "Yeah, that's her. That was so sad. I wish they, I hope they undo that." So, and, and you know, she she's kind of right. Of all the death yeah. scenes, and I'm including the, the turn to dust scenes. Mr.
1: Stark I'm not feeling yeah. so good.
0: Yeah. That may have been the most emotional, but Gamora's death scene was pretty – I would say it's, it's at least a 1B or a 2. Yeah. So the thing about uh, getting the Soul Stone – you have to you basically have to exchange the soul for the stole stone if somehow they get back to vormir i would kind of like to see if they have to do this again if they have to trade out i would like to see nebula sacrificing herself to get gamora back yeah because that would complete a character journey for her yes you know she was trying to kill you know they were trying to kill each other okay nebula was trying to kill gamora right and trying to do that but in infinity war you see See, Gamora just is kind of like she actually does care for Nebula. She does love her sister. And that is something that's something that Nebula has had difficulty with you know, the whole concept of of not hating people. Right. The whole concept of loving people. And basically Gamora sells out the half of the universe for her. You think about that? Yeah. You know, we we give we give Peter Quill all the all the, the crap in the world for blowing the plan. But if Gamora uh, it, see that Thanos would not have had the Soul Stone if Gamora hadn't caved in, true. So I think that would be a it would be sad as I'll get out, but that would be a wonderful heartfelt moment to where she says, "All right, sister, I'm Zach. I'm doing this for you." Yeah. Uh, it, it may be a little morbid to say that, but that's kind of where I'm at. Okay, number six. Again, time travel is, is bandied around. Uh, maybe they're going to try to get stones before Thanos gets them, or they're going to try to get copies. I don't know. It, it duplicates somehow. Do you remember on the Forge world with Tree Divorf? Yeah. There was a second gauntlet, whether it was like a model or if it was just like a prototype or whatever. There was a second gauntlet. Yes, there was. One of the Lego sets that are coming out to tie into Endgame has a lab. And what is in this lab? A gauntlet. I want to see dueling gauntlets with this. How cool would that be? That would be very cool. Now maybe maybe there are duplicates of the soul stone of uh, the uh, the the Infinity Stones in the quantum universe. Maybe they hit through alternate realities and they bring in the stones from other realities, other dimensions. Can you imagine what kind of showdown would get with Thanos with his and I'm just going to point out Tony. Yeah. Tony with his Thanos with his. Would that not just be fifty shades of O M G R? That would be incredible. Uh Uh-huh. That would be absolutely incredible. So I'll laugh my head off if that's what happens. If any of this happens, because I am literally flying blind on this, just going based off of things that we have seen up till now. Right. But the last one, and and this is just a, a, a beat for me. I want to see Rocket find out what a raccoon is. Yeah. I yes. mean. <laughs> very, very
1: much. That's
0: that's one I, I definitely want. In the three movies in which we have seen Rocket, he is stated he doesn't know what a raccoon is. Yeah. They, ca- they call him rodent. They call him rat. They call him rabbit. Yep. They called him trash panda one of my personal favorites. Yeah, he goes, "What is that? Is that good?" I just I just want to see him looking at a screen, a computer screen with a picture of raccoon and he goes like, "Huh, so that's what those are." Yeah. So those are the things that I would like to see that I hope to see in this movie. And I will and I'm going to save this list so we can come back at a future date after all three of us have gotten to see it. Yes. Yeah. And we can just kind of like compare notes. What did we you know, did any of these pan out? Yeah. It it, it will definitely be interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, other interesting news is um Spider-Man. And this is kind of a no-brainer, but it's been touted for a while that the final piece of Phase 4 or Phase 3 is Avengers Endgame. But Kevin Feige has confirmed in a new interview that Spider-Man Far From Home will be the last in Phase 3. Again, something we had pretty much almost a no-brainer. We kind of expected it. Um, Instead, the film is being dubbed as a phase three epilogue. It's the end of the third phase. You're the first person I told that to. Uh, this was at in some interview he had with a news outlet in Asia. As previously indicated, Far From Home will kick off almost immediately after the events of Endgame. Well, this is first that we're getting a timeline of when mm-hmm. that's taking place.
0: Which you kind of figured right. would happen, but that just guarantees that Nick Fury and... Peter, At least those two, they come back from the dust. Right. Now, this move
1: allows Marvel Studios to do their big big Phase 4 presentation later this year, announcing their plans for the next five years like they did in 2014. Hmm. Let's see. When would be an ideal time for Marvel to announce their big Phase 4 presentation? Do tell. It's not going to be in July at San Diego Comic-Con because I don't believe Marvel will be there because in August is D23. I That's be- when
0: a lot of
1: big things get announced. I bet you it's going to be D23. If this was next year, I would say, yeah, it's being announced at Comic Con. Nope, D23. That's well, what's going to happen.
0: San Diego Comic Con, I don't want to say it's losing its luster, but it tends to get. If a convention could ever get too big it's it's no longer Comic Con, it's Culture Con. Yeah. So if you really want a major stage, I won't say all to yourself, but pretty much to yourself, I would do it at D twenty three more than I would Comic Con. All right. See, I think I think C
1: two E two in Chicago has it has it written out best mm-hmm. and it covers the name of their show perfectly. It is Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. Yeah. And that's what these are all turning into. They're comic and entertainment expos.
0: Yeah, because – and this is something I just – back when I first started doing cons, my very first convention was uh, in 94 in Detroit. It was the first one that I appeared as – as well, it's not really a vendor – as one of the publishers because the dagger had a booth there. Right. I, re- I, I loved it to death because I got to meet so many people, got to have so much fun, got to talk to so many people, and got to see so much aside from that. And then you get to things like – I'm going to use Celebration from a uh, year before last as, as an example. It's gotten so big, there's no chance you'll see it all. Right. There's no chance you can experience it all. And there's so many people, you know, it's – the question becomes – how big is too big? And I get to the point where, like uh, last m- uh, last month, uh, we were at a uh, River Region Comic Con in Montgomery. It's where uh, I got to meet uh, John Anderson. Got to meet Larry Hama. Get that man some coffee. Yeah, get that man some coffee. Good. Group. Speaking of conventions being too big, it's I like I've getting to where I'm liking the smaller cons because. They're focused more on on the people, right? And the people that come in, they don't charge five hundred bucks for an autograph. No, you, you know how much I paid for an autograph I, for all my autographs that weekend. I want to say ten bucks. Not bad. Ten bucks for John Anderson, for Fabian Nicieza, for Larry Hama, and for uh, Stephen Russell. Stephen Russell was like you know, a bunch of voices for Fallout Four and uh, Skyrim. Among others. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. If you played Fallout 4, he's Nick Valentine and Codsworth. Those are the two that you're that he's mainly known for. If you play Fallout 76, he's every single freaking Mr. Handy out there. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I love the cons like that more because it's more of an experience for people who just enjoy going. Right. That's not to say I don't enjoy things like Celebration or... Uh, you know, Comic Con or WonderCon or whatever. See, I would say
1: Celebration's a totally different beast than most other of your cons. And this is this is me having done many cons, and you know I've. I'm a veteran of three celebrations. Um, to me, there's nothing like, like a celebration at all. Okay. I mean, it's, it's just a totally leave, leaving the celebration. I don't know if, if you felt this way after your first one. Um, but for me, the leaving, leaving celebration is one of those. It, it's. Sort of like when you leave a family reunion and it was a good time had by all.
0: I don't get the, I, I did not feel the family thing. I did, I did feel like a, a good time was had by all. And maybe Celebration is not a good, uh, a good example in this because it, the people who go to Celebration are, I saw a lot of fans just going to see the other fans. Yeah. I mean, they were to celebrate celebrate each other. Yeah, and that that is something that I liked in the smaller cons as well. So, yeah, I, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. But and maybe it was just because it was my first celebration, it was overwhelming. It's and
1: that show. I mean, I, I will say I was lucky. the The previous two weren't that massive. Mm-hmm. I mean, this show, uh, the the show we went to was double. The first one I went to in 2010. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, I definitely got to
0: understand where it's overwhelming. Yeah. So and that that may be where my how much is how big is too big yeah. argument comes. Now to continue on with Spider Man. I'm
1: uh, sorry. No, it's, it's fine. I have derailed. Hey, again. it's great conversation. Um, now, uh, along with this, it has also been said too that Spider Man Far From Home is being moved up from July 5th to July 2nd. So trying to get it out there before the Fourth of July weekend. So launching it on Tuesday as opposed to the first Thursday it is um, it's gonna be helpful.
0: I think so. I think so. I think because and this is something I really didn't understand about releasing on a holiday weekend. July the fourth is not a movie weekend. No, Memorial Day, yes, Christmas, yeah. yes, Thanksgiving, yes. But July the fourth, you get outside. You you go. You barbecue. You you go to the lake or to the pool or or, or just out somewhere. You're not gonna. You don't normally spend July the fourth in a movie theater. Right. So. Yeah, I think that's – I think it's a little bit of a boost there. I think that is – it is smart on Marvel's part, Marvel, Sony, whoever made the decision. I think that's probably about the best decision you can make on that. Yep. So um, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of making the best of a bad decision – (laughs) <laughs> that's that's pretty much an awkward uh awkward segue. are you, are you, are you trying but, to uh, give us a gift? I'm trying to give you a gift or <laughs> or maybe take a gift away depending on your point of view. Yeah, well, there is a decision that has been made at Fox uh that affects the gifted. There will be no season three, according to a new update from The Hollywood reporter. uh, yeah. This uh, is the report outlines 20th Century Fox television, which now exists under the Disney umbrella, uh, basically says that uh, Fox has opted not to renew the gifted for a third season. Uh, The series debuted in 2017, uh, follows the Strucker family, as in Baron Strucker or not, (laughs) whose life is turned upside down when they learn their the children have mutant abilities. Uh, the Destruckers soon become part of an underground network of mutants. Uh, quote, We really tried to hammer out that they're not much different than you or I, and that hopefully their experiences are relatable to the audience, that they'll go through things that are relatable to the audience. Uh, this was uh, producer Derek Hoffman, uh, who had previously told ComicBook.com. Quote, by and by doing and by doing that, it's all about the metaphor for the characters and making sure that the audience is invested in the relationship between the characters. I love the Strucker family. I feel very bad for what we put them through. I enjoy it very much, but we try to put them through the ringer and see what they're made of and pull them apart and put them back together and really put the characters through the ringer. I think he has a ringer fixation. Yeah. 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 Now, uh, Deadline is saying, "quote There is a chance that the series could find a new home uh, either th- through Freeform or Hulu or yeah, you know, I don't know, maybe even Disney Plus. We don't know." but uh if you're a fan of the X-Men series i'm sure there's a few of you left out there uh considering that uh season 2 of the gifted ended with a uh, with a pretty strong days of future past tease yep yeah it, it doesn't look good for you i i got to i got to be honest I've never watched this.
1: I I never watched it. And I will be honest, as we have done Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. recaps in the past, I feel guilty that we have not done gifted recaps or even Legion. Makes me wonder what's going to happen with Legion.
0: Now, you've done we've done some Legion stuff. Yes. Early on, we did. But early on. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that, that was a show. It definitely took
1: some some time. That first season took me longer than. Than the season aired
0: to get out uh, to watch. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just put a point blank out there. Yeah, I I don't know. I think I think at one point in time, obviously the X Men movie universe was was the hot horse. Yeah, it was it, it, it was the shizzle. but with the rise of the MCU, with with Marvel Studios just banging it out of the park every single time, I. Th- I hate to say it, but I think the the Fox universe just became, like, the poor cousin.
1: Oh, definitely some overshadow. Yeah, Uh, it's just... Which, the the best thing that could have happened to the Fox universe is exactly what we've said for years. It needs to go back to to Marvel. And, well, last month, welcome back.
0: (laughs) Now, we'll say there were some interesting casting choices, in in the Fox universe, yeah. I mean, obviously Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool. Obviously Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. But you know what? My it, obviously Patrick Stewart as uh, as Xavier. That was a great Ian choice. McKellen. Yeah, Ian McKellen as Magneto. I mean, there were some really good ones that I don't think they get proper proper recognition in light of how well overall the MCU casted. Right. And especially there's one that hardly anybody talks about, but I think it's every bit as strong of a uh, of a casting choice as Stewart, as McKellen, as Jackman, as Reynolds. That is Kelsey Grammer as Hank McCoy. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean everybody else they were good some were better than others granted some I just didn't some I just didn't care for whoever they got for Callisto I'm just kind of like no. It just for so many of the of the lesser characters. And yes I do count Beast as a lesser character. I just I don't I wish I could like Nightcrawler as much as I did. Alan Cumming as Nightcrawler. That was a great I just, choice. I just don't like what they did with the character. Yeah.
1: I like I and mean, I will say I liked Rebecca Romaine Stamos better as Mystique than I did Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, I'm there with you. But my my big issue with that whole thing was um you, you had the timeline two thousand mm-hmm. th- through two thousand ten you had the original films. Yeah then you get this new timeline and you're now putting things back further making the some characters older th- that they would be older when we saw them in the first films than they actually were in the first film yeah and that didn't and that didn't line up right for me yeah so i mean that was a frustrating point
0: to me yeah but at this point um, once we knew that the Fox deal was 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 going to happen, I really I, I have sensed this growing wave of we don't care yeah. to anything that comes from the Fox side of of Marvel. It just is kind of like everybody was expecting. Okay, well they'll scrap all this and. And, you know, they'll reboot that, and they won't keep this going. I, do you honestly care if we get a New Mutants movie? I, personally, no. I mean, no offense.
1: I, mean, I, I really care less about a New Mutants movie. Yeah. Especially since I've, they were doing the whole thing of, oh, it's going to be a horror film. Yeah,
0: no. Yeah, New Mutants was not a horror story. No, no. So don't try and make it one. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I'm thinking. I, I just... Uh, If you are a fan of the show, I am sorry for you. Not that you are a fan of the show. I'm not sorry for that. I, I'm sorry that the show that you liked is coming to an end. I'm sorry. I'm sorry when that happens for any show that people like. You know? I agree. I agree. Hashtag Firefly. Yeah.
1: Hashtag but, the superhero show that, uh, oh, Michael Schicklitz was a part of on ABC.
0: Um, One Normal Family,
1: I think it was. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a great show. Okay. I loved it. It was building perfectly. But, um, but speaking of shows, apparently. There is heavy rumor that Marvel is developing a Hulk She-Hulk series, uh, most likely for Disney Plus and most likely Mark Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo is expected to star in. However, the project will shift focus onto She-Hulk as we're told Ruffalo is almost done as Hulk slash Bruce Banner. Even more why we should get Professor Hulk. Um, so, First of all, we know that we now know Banner is going to survive the events of the endgame. It uh, sounds like Ruffalo is still looking to bow out of the franchise sooner than later. Um, and of course, the fans have been waiting for Jennifer Waters I mean, we said, hey, give it to Shashonda Rhimes, then Agent Shield has a better chance of survival on ABC. Yeah. Um, when I mentioned that last week on Weebie Geeks, Derek said, no, 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 no. Don't give her a comic book character ever. <laughs> okay. Um, now the question is, how is this potentially possible if Hulk still holds some claim on the Hulk, um, and its franchise, such as why we haven't had any solo films since 2010? Which I wonder, Marvel had to put out a Fantastic Four movie or an X-Men movie once every seven years to keep the license. Yes. I wonder what the deal is with Universal. We're going on nine years.
0: I don't know, but you know what? They're getting around that because they're saying Hulk and She-Hulk. Right. So that makes me wonder. But She-Hulk, now, She-Hulk supposedly was still under Marvel, or Universal control, license-wise. For Solo? Yes. If you've got one Hulk... Hulk and the other Hulk in the same thing, it's not really a solo, is it? True. So if I've got two characters that are under contract to somebody else for solo movies, wouldn't you decide, hey, I'm going to put them together, and boom, it's no longer a solo movie? I wonder if the loophole
1: is as well, um, whatchamacallit, it's TV streaming, not big screen theatrical release. That's possible, too. So, (coughs) Um, that's all we know at the moment. Uh, they could explore her status as a lawyer, could be a procedural route, um, you know, more of that procedural type feel, uh, or they could borrow from Deadpool and have her dive into the fourth wall breaking tendencies as the comics.
0: Either way, hopefully, we'll know more about this in uh, in the months yet to come. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I have liked in previous She Hulk series that I've that I've read. Is that she does? It, that it's not a totally serious tone, right? I mean, it's yes. There's there's action. Yes, there is drama, but there's also the occasional wink and a nudge. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, so so it's about that time. What time is that? Here are the picks of the week. Thank you. As Just if I did What? <laughs> okay. Who, who put the sass in Thursday? That's all I want to know. I don't know. Uh, Kylan. Kylan. I, I bet you it is. No, she's, she's sassy. He ain't here. Oh, uh, is that the problem? I, I I think what it is. He, he put, he, he dialed up the sass because he knew he wasn't going to be here. Yeah, yeah. I am one of the most powerful computing systems on the planet, and this is how we are spending our time together.
1: I think we need Kyle. to. I, I think we need to just move along before. Uh, I think so. Before I end up saying something about Thursday, I don't want to say. I you know. I'm
0: apparently, she's a mind reader. There you go. <laughs> she has ESPN. How do you spell that? I'm totally blanking. Nine one one. Now, what we're gonna do here? Normally, we have it, we have three of us, and we each pick three, and one person has the Marvel Unlimited pick of the week. Well, we're just sharing the load here completely. Oh yeah. So we've got – so we each – we're each picking an extra uh, pick this week, and we are both doing a Marvel Unlimited pick this week. So uh, if you are a subscriber to Marvel Unlimited, hey, you get a bonus this week. How cool is that? Very cool. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. I'll tell you what. I'll start us off. With okay, the nope. of the week. Uh I'm going with Marvel Tales Avengers number one. Earth's mightiest heroes charge into action as we celebrate the 80th anniversary of the House of Ideas with the era spanning Marvel Tales. I'm liking this idea. It Dang really is. Yeah. Uh, this anthology series shines a spotlight on fan favorite characters, features timeless stories and highlights some of our most impressive talent from the past eight decades. First. The Old Order chargeth for the very first time in Avengers number 16 as the original team gives way. And Stan Lee and Jack Kirby assemble Captain America, Hawkeye, Scarlet Witch, and, Quicksil- and Quicksilver as Cap's Kooky Quartet. Mm-hmm. And, and then one of the greatest comic stories ever told, Ray Thomas and John Buscema introduced the most enigmatic android of, of all in Avengers number 57, Behold the Vision. Finally, in Avengers number 264, crafted by Roger Stern and Buscema, meet the new Yellow Jacket, who's about to feel the full sting of the wondrous wasp. There you go. So, like I said, I am really liking this idea.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm liking that too. So, uh, on to your first pick of the week. Okay, my first pick of the week is a number one. It is Savage Avengers number one by Jerry Duggan, Mike Diodato, and David Finch. The most savage, most unkillable team of characters in the Marvel Universe is assembled. Wolverine, Venom, Elektra, Punisher, and in their midst, Conan the Barbarian. Conan has returned to the Marvel Universe and his new adventures begin here. What is the City of Sickles? Who is the Marrow God? How is the Hand involved? The roughest and most dangerous characters rumble through this new title, starting with Conan versus Wolverine. Nuff said. Interesting. This, this just reminds me so much of The Unstoppables out of Fallout 4. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, any plus anytime you bring Conan into a super group, I'm loving it. Well, my second pick of the week is Spider Gwen, Ghost Spider number
1: eight, making a dent in the criminal underworld. Has painted a target on Spider Woman's back with her secret identity revealed. When Stacy will find that the people she cares about most in the crosshairs, uh, sounds like there was. A word left out by the intern. Uh, even if she can save her loved ones from the criminals of Earth-65,
0: Gwen will still be a target herself. Okay. So on to your second pick. My second pick of the week is Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys Marvel History, number three of six, by Paul Shear, Nathan Stockman, and Gerardo Sanduhal. Cosmic Ghost Rider becomes an X-Man, whether Charles Xavier likes it or not. What can make the Cosmic Ghost Rider even more powerful? How about slapping some Phoenix Force in there? Wolverine's not the only guy with a sweet motorcycle in this issue. Okay, well, my third
1: pick of the week is Star Wars 65, The Scourging of Shotoran Part 4. Her planet under threat, a heroic princess battles to save it. Not Leia, it's Queen Trios of Shotoran, allied to Darth Vader and the Empire. Princess Leia's plan begins to unfold, but some members of her strike team have schemes of their own. When will Leia realize just what she has set in motion?
0: Okay, my third pick of the week. Oh, it's coincidence. It's a number three. It is War of Realms number three of six by Jason Aaron, Russell Dodderman, Arthur Adams, and Matthew Wilson. Reclaim the Realms. North America freezes into New Jotunheim. Europe becomes new Svartheim. Asia goes up in flames as the new domain of Queen Cinder and her fire goblins. Ulick the Troll lays claim to Australia, while Amora the Enchantress raises an army of the dead in South America. Africa falls to the angels of heaven, while rocks and oil drops its stakes in Antarctica. Midgard now belongs to Malekith and his allies. The Avengers' last hope lies in a series of suicide missions across the realms, starting with the rescue of Thor, last seen surrounded by an army of frost giants in Jotunheim.
1: Okay, well, my final pick is Star Wars Age of the Rebellion Han Solo number 1. The Scoundrel's Code. After helping destroy the Death Star, Han Solo is ready to cash in his reward and return to life as a scoundrel. But when Luke Skywalker asks for one last favor, Han gets pulled into a rebel mission that may wreck all of his plans. Co-starring Chewbacca and introducing Akko, an old friend who might actually out Han himself. Uh Uh-oh. Yep. That's
0: a hustle right there. Sorry. Yeah, you should be. (laughs) Okay, my final pick of the week is another War of Realms tie in. It is Art of War of Realms trade paperback. I love things like this, that and the the coloring books and all that. Yeah. Uh, By Jess Harold, Russell Doddman, and more. Uh, The War of the Realms is coming, well, it's actually here, and it promises to be a masterpiece. Celebrate the artistic splendor of the comic book event and the truly epic run that's brought the Ten Realms to the brink of catastrophic conflict. Feast your eyes on stunning covers, interior pages, and behind-the-scenes artwork from Russell Dauterman and the other talents that have graced the pages of Jason Aaron's Thor. They're all collected here, alongside commentary from Aaron, creative insights from Dodderman and his fellow artists, and a special focus on both the Odinson and Jane Foster Thors, each of the ten realms, and the evil fiend laying siege to them all. Malakith—it's the art of war as you've never seen it before. Interesting. Well, like we said, we got two pick, two Marvel
1: picks of the week, unlimited picks. She can't
0: talk. Um, <laughs>
1: I'm gonna go first. Um Okay. I'm going with Incredible Hulk number four seventeen. Uh this came out in May nineteen ninety four. Uh Writer was Peter David. Uh, Our editor-in-chief at the time was Tom DeFalco. Uh, Cover artist, artist, Gary Frank and Cam Smith. Uh, Of course, they also worked on the insides as well. A little brief synopsis, Hulk plays a visit to Doc Samson after upsetting experience. Samson's about to tell him that he is planning to leave because Bruce won't allow him to help. Meanwhile, later, the Hulk joins Rick, Marlo, and Betty at the airport where they're waiting on the arrival of Marlo's mother elaine they're shocked to see that mrs chandler is a much shorter woman than her vivacious daughter uh to move on um back at their home betty marlo elaine and atlantia atlanta Atlanta uh, are awaiting arrival of the other women attending Marlowe's bachelorette party. Uh, they're soon joined by She-Hulk, Invisible Woman, and Lijah to get the night's festivity started. Meanwhile, across town at the Veterans Hall, Rick's bachelor party is in full swing. As Hulk's allies, superheroes, and superheroes converse with each other, members of the team brigade spike the punch. Suddenly, the party has crashed by a costumed woman calling herself a cadet? I have no
0: I have no idea. Yeah.
1: Um but apparently hired by Captain America for the party. Cap thinks she's a hired that he hired a magician but is quickly horrified to discover she's actually a stripper when she tries to, when she ties Rick to a chair. Um Hulk tells Cap not to let Betty not to tell Betty about this wondering what she would think about the object. object objectification. Thank you. of the human body. Um meanwhile <laughs> I love this part. Meanwhile, uh the party is crashed by some armed gunmen who have come to rob the patrons. This is a mistake choosing since it's you no know, this club this night is full of female superheroes. Meanwhile, Rick's party quiets down for the screening of a pornographic film. After the, film.
0: <laughs> after the vision
1: uses his powers to fix the projector, they're all surprised when the woman in the film turns out to be Rick's bride to be.
0: You should have pointed out, I think you skipped over that part, that while they're like going, holy crap, this is a stripper, we better not tell Marlo. Where are the girls? They're at a male strip club. Yeah. <laughs> Um, now, while at Fantas- while at Four Freedoms Plaza,
1: the Impossible Man shows up to find the place deserted. Finding an invitation to Rick and Marlowe's wedding, the Impossible Man believes that his invitation must have gotten lost and plans to show
0: up anyway. Okay, to give a little bit of backstory, he chose this one as his Marvel Unlimited pick because of what I picked, which was the very next issue, which is the Rick Jones-Marlo Chandler wedding issue. Mm-hmm. Incredible Hulk, number 418, from June 1994. This one is one of the ones that uh, that I, I picked this up before going to a convention in – Oakland back in 94. So this I read this on the plane multiple times because it was a long flight. But this is one. This is definitely one of my favorite Hulk issues because the Professor Hulk, one of my favorite story arcs of all. And actually, this issue is probably one of my favorite comic book issues of all time. But one thing that I noticed when when we were picking out our Marvel Unlimited picks tonight, it it occurred to me that I had not read the issue before it. Uh, uh, uh. So there is a scene where. Rick is yelling at Marlowe for you know for being in a porn movie. It, well, basically, it was the shock of him going to a stag party, finding out the stag film had her in it. I thought that all all that stuff just happened off camera, but no, it actually happened on camera in the previous issue, and also during the wedding, all these other characters show up at the wedding. Like, uh, you've got uh, you've got Rom, the space knight. You've got. Uh, the Wizard, the Absorbing Man. You've got uh, you've got Adam Warlock. You've got Drax the Destroyer. You've got uh, all these other characters that you figure never would have shown up, but as it turned out, the Impossible Man not only showed up, he invited all of them too. Yeah, and and two of my favorite panels of all are in this because they quickly make up and they and, and the wedding goes off. Uh, they get over the little the little stag film thing. And there is a scene is kind of like a mirror image. You see uh, Marlo getting dressed with her mom and and Betty and and some and uh, I think she hulks in there with them uh, getting her ready. Well, then you have Hulk and Cap helping Rick get ready. And then, you know, it's the conversation that goes on. It's kind of like, you know, unclench, Rick. I said, I, I can't do it. It's like, good Lord, Rick, you weren't even you weren't this nervous fighting Baron Zemo. He goes, I'm not marrying Captain Baron Zemo, Cap. And Hulk's behind him going, well, that's good, because there'd be a lot of talk. <laughs> yep. Then once the wedding actually happens and they're on to the reception, this pale, dark-haired woman shows up with a present for Marlo, and she say, you know, she just hands it to her, and, and you can tell it's, a, it's it's death from the Sandman comics over at DC. Uh, she, and she just hands it off, says, here, I, I better split before that Thanos creep shows up, and it's a hairbrush. And you have to understand the story, one of the storylines before this to understand that, because... Marlowe had actually been killed. She had been stabbed by a lady that was posing as Rick Jones's mother. And so Rick was on this vision quest to, to quote, unquote, help Marlowe. Right. He goes he goes to the leader, and the leader has a, a henchman that basically can bring people back from the dead, but which he did with her. But there was a lot of – her mind had not been restored. So it's kind of like almost brain dead, kind of very – not very much brain function going on, but eventually with Rick's help, she does she does fully recover. So that is what the brush with death uh, it, it it pays into. Okay, but it's one of those things, and that was one of the things I loved about the Peter David run, is that there's a reward for following the story because there are callbacks, and not in ways that you would think. So. Right you know, she comes back from the dead and they call back to it with death giving her a brush a brush with death i have so totally lost you haven't i no no okay <laughs> We're just it's just time. but actually, for those of you Marvel Unlimited subscribers, I would actually go back and read the entire Professor Hulk run. Oh, classic Peter run. David classic run, and actually, Peter David appears in this comic. He is he is the officiant at their wedding. He is the one that weds that that marries Rick and Marlo. That's cool. I I totally skipped that. He is he is the pastor.
1: Very cool. So, well, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Any quick final thoughts?
0: Quick final thoughts. We talked about the the Jane Foster Thor in the War of the Realms art book. Yep. And you know how she died from her cancer? Yep. Well, guess who's back is the new Valkyrie. Really? Yeah. (sighs) Okay. There you go. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it. All right. I I, I don't because, you know, I thought that was a great – that was a great – she made a great Thor. Yeah.
1: It's like just how many more ways can we resurrect her and put her in something else? Well, maybe they did it right this time. I don't know. Who knows? (laughs) Well, on that final final thought, uh, 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 yeah, Uh, Thursday, if you would, please. Preparing to power down and begin diagnostics. Well, I guess that's that. Aspects of my personality that I can't control. See a shrink? It's a little bit more complicated than that. Bruce, trust me when I tell you, I've heard them all. Not this one.